I'm Rose Skeeters, host of From Borderline to Beautiful, a show about hope and recovery for BPD. Hello and welcome to another episode of From Borderline to Beautiful. So today I have Jay here. Hello everybody. And we're going to have an open dialogue about pride and humility, about the way that maybe people traditionally think of as pride, and then a little spin I put on it for people um, in the context of borderline personality disorder and the BPD brain. And so what we're going to start with is just, I'm going to explain to Jay the context behind the pride and what I want to accomplish in the episode today, and we're going to kind of talk through it as we have this conversation for the first time. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, so... I believe that people with borderline personality disorder absolutely are prideful and full of pride when they are in treatment or they're around family members and they have these people who are there saying, I want to help you and giving strategies and they refuse to listen because they believe that they're the only people who can understand themselves, right? So it becomes a roadblock to getting help. And I'm trying to, you know, kind of express that that's pride and with humility on the moral compass that you can, you know, kind of, you don't need pride because pride separates you from people that you love, but you are defining pride in a different way and like a more neurotypical way, right? Yeah, definitely. I think, uh, you know, to me, pride should be, uh, your gratitude and your new capabilities, you know, your new ability to achieve something. Um, so that's sort of the, uh, the angle that I'm coming from. Um, because then you start to like this new, you know, found sense of gaining new abilities and capabilities. And so you do it more frequently and and you just start to gain confidence. Um, but not, not necessarily in a prideful way, but you just become more confident in who you are and what you're capable of achieving. Yeah, I mean, that would make sense. So if we're talking to most people, if they are taking pride in their achievements and their pride overcomes them, then they may be, become arrogant in those successes. So it's difficult to imagine how someone with borderline personality disorder would even relate to something like pride and humility, especially at the beginning of their journey, because in their perspective, I mean, I know I could say in my perspective, I didn't really think that I, you know, accomplished anything so I would have said oh I'm not prideful I'm not proud of anything I'm like I'm not proud of myself I'm not proud of anything I've done however you know I do um want to note that in the BPD brain there is again a level of pride that comes with clinging closely to the identity of being mentally ill because that is the thing that you've accomplished like I know that I was very good at borderline personality disorder and I had accomplished that and I felt so different from everybody else that I really did become prideful and that I that was the life that I was going to live no one was going to tell me otherwise and I was always going to be intense have intense emotions and things were going to be negative and so as kind of flip kind of upside down it sounds given the actual definition of pride which is being proud of your accomplishments I'm looking at it from completely, you know, flipped perspective because now in recovery, I'm trying to figure out like why 
was, why did I hold so tightly? Why couldn't I be humble before? Why couldn't I be coachable? What prevented me from being coachable? And it, the thing that prevented me from being coachable was because I didn't even realize how arrogant I was in thinking that I was the only one who had all the answers and I wouldn't let people help me. I thought people's ideas were kind of dumb. I mean, I remember laughing at some of the therapy skills that I think would have been awesome if I would have listened now. And, you know, so that's where I come to try to connect pride and humility with borderline personality disorder. Yeah, 100%. Um, you know, a, a big reason why many can be uh, uncoachable is because of pride. And it's, you know, like, nobody can be me better than me. So who are you to, you know, tell me what to do or, or how to be better, right? Like, that's for me to decide. So you become uncoachable because you don't actually trust that anyone else around you actually has your best interests in mind, even when you may not, um, to be brave enough and to care about you enough to actually step in and say something like, hey, you know, there's a better way to do that. Or, you know, hey, uh, you're kind of going down, you know, a rabbit hole right here that you just might not be seeing. And I see it and you know, I care enough, you know, about you that I want to at least tell you, I want to at least give you a heads up on it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, one of the things I had people that did that, I mean, you would do that for me. But in the beginning, it's like such a foreign concept that I would be like, well, no, I, you know, I can't take help or I'd feel guilty or I would feel like what I knew was better, all that stuff. Yeah, it's like an attack on your ego. Exactly. Right. And so that's how, you know, I'm coming to realize that I was very prideful and still, you know, I'm sure it's, it's very difficult for me to not want that aspect of myself at times, at certain times for sure. And I've also realized why humility is so important. And I'm trying to, I guess there, I have a lot of clients asking about that. Like, how does, how can I be humble? What does that mean? Is there some kind of episode that you can find or information you can find? And one of the things I did find was there's a lot about taking pride in yourself and then having too much pride in your successes and then becoming arrogant and then requiring humility. And it's just not real relatable, I think for the BPD brain. So I, f I thought, how on earth did I become someone who understands the concept of humility? And it's, you know, it was definitely, it's definitely growth, right? Just being able to look back and recognizing that, yeah, like, you know, like you said, you would come and try to coach me and I would be like, no, I know better. Like how arrogant could I have been to even think that? Right. And, and, you know, a lot of people don't understand that humility is a superpower because it will allow you to learn way faster than, uh, than too much pride or being uncoachable. Um, so you just start absorbing brand new information extremely quickly. You're downloading all of this new software um, that you previously weren't capable of doing because of your ego and, and, and the pride that kind of clouds up your mind into believing that no one can actually help you or, you know, it, guide you, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think about us, you know, like working out, right? So when I first met you, we'd work out. I wasn't coachable. I mean, there are some things where I would, if you would have asked me back then if I was coachable, I would have told you I was 100% coachable, but not really, maybe 
10, 5, 10%. I would do some of the things, and then that grew over time. But when we worked out before and I was getting fit from being pretty sedentary, like this time around, I'm like, uh, I didn't listen to you. And I didn't get very strong. I mean, I got strong, but not nearly as strong as I'll get this time around. So this time around, I've learned how to be coachable much more than I ever have. So we're, you know, back doing the CrossFit, trying to be in the games, trying to do the CrossFit, right? Definitely. Yeah. And and just to kind of add on to that, um, you know, when you have a sense that your character is being attacked, then you're immediately going to shut down because nobody is going to allow themselves, you know, and their character to be attacked without defending it. So I think a lot of people who, you know, are struggling with pride and ego are those who are, you know, anytime anybody gives them a new direction or a new guidance, you know, point or, or, any sort of help, um, and if they feel as it's some sort of an attack on like, oh, you're saying that I'm not good enough, or you're saying that you know I'm not, you know, smart enough, or or whatever it is that you're 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 trying to to convey, um, well, that's an attack of my character, and so because you're doing that, I'm going to shut down, and I'm not I'm not going to listen to you. Um, when sometimes you have to retune your ears to be able to distinguish the difference between what is a character attack and what is just good info. But you have to start to, to train yourself on how to recognize the two because just because somebody's tone of voice may be harsh, the information that they're given actually might be beneficial if you are able to desensitize your ears and the information that's coming inside of your mind um, you probably could get some really good information out of that person. But you have to desensitize yourself. You have to be willing to and humble enough to to understand that um, this person is, 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 you know, they're loud. I don't like that aspect. But the thing that they're saying isn't wrong. You know, and I could actually learn something from, something from this. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's something that I think, you know, you do you did really well to help me and i've even you even do that to lj now where you're you'll preface some things that you say with well you'll say something right and then you can see that you know one of us has has had an emotional reaction and then you'll say like okay this is not a, a, a character attack so i'm not attacking you i'm giving you information and I'm giving you that information because. And so that's a good way for you know loved ones to frame it because it definitely works with LJ. When you're giving him advice and you're like, look, I'm not attacking you. Definitely. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's a teenager and uh, going through different phases. And so he is going to be sensitive here and there. Um, and, you know, we all can be that, that way sometimes. Yep. So it's important to for the person who's conveying the information uh, to convey it in a way that it's going to be received. Because uh, if you're, you're, you're speaking in a manner, a tone or a pitch or whatever, um, in which they are, you know, it's, it's sort of like, you know, hitting them in the gut, um, your, your message is probably not going to be very well received. So it's important to train each other on how to talk to one another. How do you communicate? Because I can say things in a, in a uh, more of an elevated way, and you know, LJ is not going to take offense to it because he understands the way that I speak. 
Um, now, I have to be very choosy about what it is that I say, what it is I allow come out of my mouth, because I need everything to count. I need accuracy. Um, but the tone is going to reflect, you know, probably the urgency in which I, I want him to take this information in. Yeah, no, absolutely. And this is something, you know, side note, this is a really great tool for you to use on teenagers because what we're doing with LJ is just teaching him that he can receive information without emotion attached to it and to put emotion where it belongs. So it's a good emotion regulation skill. It's a good communication skill, you know, and it was one that I certainly didn't have. So I was like the 13 year old in your life back then gaining that information because that's really, you know, it's a developmental huge developmental delay to take everything that is said to you as an attack. A lot, a lot of people think that that's, you know, common. I really don't think it is. I see LJ at basketball practice or at school or what have you. And you, you know, you look at the, him in those scenarios and there are children who just, yeah, they just are coachable. They'll just do the thing that the coach said and nothing else, which to this day, even though I know what pride is and I know what humility is, it is like, it makes me think that that individual is like just, awesome like they have some special skill but that's like normal to to be able to do that to want to listen to the expert and to follow those directions yeah yeah and you know the expert also came you know was was the novice right and it it took repetitions and it took humility of understanding that i need to do this the right way i need to build this the right way i can't be so prideful where i'm just going to jump to step 10 and then just you know, expect things to turn out the way that I want them to, because it's just not going to happen. So when you have that humility to understand that this is a step-by-step process, and over time, if I continue doing this, I'm going to get better at it, more skillful at it, and then I can, you know, turn it into artwork. You know, I can manipulate it in any way that I want to, and it becomes mine. And, you know, I'm grateful for the process of doing that and, and the people you know, that, that I've encountered on the way of doing that. It's like, you know, a couple weeks back, I was down doing some training and I was able to team up with some guys that were, you know, very, uh, very talented. And, you know, we were um, doing some work that I wasn't too familiar with, um, but being able to move around uh, with those guys and, and we were able to achieve our outcome I didn't really care that we achieved the outcome. I was so grateful to be able to move around with, um, with, with guys like that and to be able to work on a team with guys like that because of their, their capabilities and skill sets. And I know that I've become elevated because of that, right? So to me, like achieving our mission, cool, but developing, you know, that new camaraderie, that, that brotherhood and, and, just the experience of, of being able to work with guys like that, so worth it, you know, and that to me is the reward, you know. Right, so when you can get to the point where you have been practicing humility, you understand its value, you understand it's a super, uh, it's a superpower, right, like a strength, a big strength to have humility, then start understanding why life is for a living like I talked about some episodes back and that's what you're describing how you went there and you just were in that process it wasn't about you it wasn't about what you could get what you could gain you know it was about you know gratitude so you don't need pride when you understand that humility is a superpower so I want to talk about that a minute so how is humility is a superpower I can say 
you know, for myself, humility is a superpower because it it's, makes me strong. I know I've, I've had a lot of people, of course, it's a superpower, but um, to explain that a bit more, it, a lot of people will think that that's weak. Like if I lay down my life for someone else or for someone else's ideas or I, you know, put aside what I think I believe and try to pay attention and listen to somebody else and be open-minded, that they're going to hurt me. Well, people hurt me before and, you know, all of that might be true, but, you know, at the same time, if you don't allow yourself to find experts to make sure you've vetted them, make sure that you trust in what they're saying, and then to just do what they've said, for example, right? Like, that's a big deal. If you can do that, well, then, you know, you will have opened your mind up to so many different possibilities. And what you're not realizing is the unsafe scenario doesn't come in the humility. The unsafe scenario comes in your inability to want to, to do all of the steps and like put in that effort to find somebody you trust enough. Then you're humble, right? Like you're not gonna go and you know take advice from the person who abused you, right? Like that just wouldn't be a good first step. Exactly. Um, and you should define what abuse means, right? Like if somebody is challenging you, that doesn't necessarily mean that they are abusing you. Um, and I think that there are a lot of people out there that have a bad relationship with being challenged. Because again, it kind of goes back to that, you know, you're attacking my character. And so it becomes difficult to distinguish, well, what is a challenge and what is abuse? Right, because if if um, you're talking to me some you know kind of way, <laughs> and again you are challenging me, like you know I want you to you know do this for me or whatever, right? Or we need to achieve X, Y, and Z. And and if I take that as like, well, you're being abusive or you're being mean or something like that, it's like I'm missing the entire point, yes. right? Just because you're challenging me and and you know, you're pushing me, it doesn't necessarily mean that you are wrong for that. You're, you're actually, you're right for that. You know, you're caring for me enough to push me along as well. You know, we should be able to push each other because then we grow. Absolutely. Yeah. It reminds me of that time where I used to think you were abusive because you told me how to wash the dishes. That's <laughs> prideful, right? Okay. So that's a very prideful thing of me. Like I, I was so arrogant to take him out of his character, you nothing that you would never do anything like that in your character, and I just <laughs> you just literally didn't know how to wash dishes, no. and it wasn't I, well, I, I couldn't was just I couldn't you know sit back <laughs> and love you and care for you enough to just watch that. Right. Yeah, exactly. Which I think that is that's humble in and of itself to like you know that doesn't probably doesn't feel good to say hey there's still soap on my right. dish. That's of course so not. Funny. It's so gross and also funny that I couldn't wash dishes. Yeah, I don't want to be a nag. So you know, so for me though, I didn't see it that way at all because it was again all information or let's not say all, but you know most information given to me was an attack on my character. So there was like. It didn't even cross my mind, honestly, that you could have been trying to help me at all. And you even, even the way you said it, you just said, I think you said there's still soap on that dish. I literally think that, yeah, period. You didn't say you're a horrible dishwasher, none of that. 
Yeah, and I showed you, yeah. right? Like, I'm not just going to say, hey, you know, point out all these mistakes without actually showing you what it is so that you can see it and I'm not just, you know, being the tyrant. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's like, it's just such a nice thing to do to tell, to help somebody when they're doing something wrong that you love. And I never even realized that. It's like the whole, um, you know, if you smell somebody's breath and they have bad breath, you know, are you the kind of person who's going to be on the receiving end of saying you had bad breath and being like, and get offended by that? Are you going to understand that that person is trying to help you, right? They're, you know, they're, they're going to say, hey, you, you know, maybe you ought to go brush your teeth because you just ate garlic or something. That's a nice thing for that person to do for you. It's not an attack on your character, that kind of thing. And the, but, you know, that stuff missed me. Like, I didn't understand that concept. I really did believe that you're abusing me because I needed it broken down into steps. Right, and that's that distinguishing between what is being challenged and what, you know, is abuse, right? Because if you don't know the difference, that's very, very dangerous to the relationship and could be, you know, ultimately end the relationship because if everything is abuse, then your partner can't challenge you. If your partner can't challenge you, there is no growth. If there's no growth, there really is no future, right? Everybody has to be growing. And so that's where humiliation, um, humility comes in um, to where it you are assessing, well, where am I weak at, right? Like everybody has weaknesses. What are they? You know, and, and I need to acknowledge these weaknesses and I need to do whatever it is that I can now to start to strengthen those weaknesses up a bit, right? And, and start to, you know, continue to work on your skill sets, Um because, you know, we're all good at some things, we're all okay at some things, and we're all terrible at some things, right? So those are your categories, which, you know, what are you putting in, in, in which, mm-hmm. you know? And we should have, you know, some sort of a, a plan for how we can categorize them, and then what's the plan of action? What are we going to do about it? Yeah, absolutely. And if, you know, I know a lot of people brain will focus on the details, so if you think, well, I'm terrible at everything, so I guess everything's just an attack then. You know, if you're out there thinking that, you know, we know you're there. Just remember that if you're terrible at everything, that's probably better for you then, right? Because that's a ton of stuff that you have an opportunity to get good at. So pick something benign and allow someone to coach you through it. Something like the dishes, right? I know I didn't do it. I didn't allow you to coach me through it without a fight. And that was wrong of me. So if you're bad at washing the dishes or your partner is looking at you right now and you're listening to it with them and you guys know what it is, maybe pick that and do it. And instead of focusing on that you're terrible at everything, get good at something. Yeah. And, and you know, it's in Proverbs uh, 29, 23, it says, Pride's, pride ends in humiliation while humility brings honor. I mean, and that's just such a powerful message um, because of, all of the things that pride can bring, you know, to you, all the, the, the negative things that pride can bring to you and into your relationships, um, because, you know, ultimately, you will not learn, you know, you will not be challenged enough to grow, to become more responsible, to become, you know, whatever it is that you want to become, right? Like, we all need somebody to kind of, you know, challenge us and and to to spark our fire so that we get going um so i just think that that's a an awesome verse and uh 
you know, and it's, it's a great understanding of, you know, even at my worst, I always knew that God was with me. So anything I've ever achieved, I know that I didn't achieve it alone. I achieved it with God and God's help, you know. So for me, it's a, it's a very special, you know, this speaking about this conversation is, is a very special thing for me um, because of, of, of that and that strength that it, that it has. And just that, you know, I'm grateful to be, you know, a, a good husband to you. And, you know, you say, you know, you're such a good husband and, you know, it's, I don't take pride in that, but I take honor in that, you know, I get to do these things for you. I get to do these things with you. I get to grow with you. I get to be challenged by you. I get to challenge you, you know, and that's how we've grown the way that we've grown and we've become the people that we've become and we're not done yet, right? The process continues. So we always remain humble enough to understand that the process never ends. We continue to get to get better and we continue to grow. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, relational humility means listening with em- empathy, allowing others to spot your blind spots, regulating yourself, not expecting other people to regulate your emotions for you, and connecting with others knowing that you have value and that they have value too, right? You both have value in the relationship, which is why humility brings honor versus pride bringing humiliation because pride isolates us from people. Pride keeps us from connecting on a deep level with people. It actually, you know, it tells the story of like, how dare you tell me how to do something, right? Which then is a challenge and an attack on the other person's character, really saying, well, you, you, you think you're an expert at washing the dishes, Jay, or you think there's soap on that plate, but you're no good at that. And so it's hard to connect deeply when you have pride in relationships with other people. And that's where, you know, humility really does bring honor. I feel like, you know, I can connect to you now. I can connect to people more now because I believe that other people have abilities that I just don't have and that's okay. And other people have value and talent that they can bring, you know, when we all experience relationships together. That's right, because I mean, er, and anything you ever want to get good at, you're probably gonna need a coach. You know, I mean, most people have coaches for something. You know, and if as we were kids, we were growing up and playing sports, we needed a coach for that. Um, you know, just like anything else, uh, you know, I want to. My next project is is building a fence. I'm gonna need a little coaching for that, right? So I'm gonna have to reach out to somebody who's built a fence you know, the way that I want it done and, and get some pointers on how to, on how to achieve that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So humility is a key moral compass value on the journey to recovery. It's just so important. And I, hopefully we, we've given you a good idea today about what pride is and how it relates to your BPD journey. And that, you know, there is absolutely the kind of pride where, you know, you start a business and then you make it big and then you start being arrogant about your money because you have all this accomplishments, all these accomplishments and you're not someone who has humility and also being someone who has borderline personality disorder won't let anyone help them, won't let anyone in and then um, takes pride and has arrogance in that identity. So that's why humility is so important because just like that person who's now, you know, focused on their money and needs support to have you know, to think about relationships and to lay down what they think they deserve to connect with others. That's the same for us 
you know, if we're lost in the, in the BPD brain, we have to have humility. We have to be willing to listen to people, to put aside what we think is right, and to focus on the gratitude, being grateful for the process, being grateful for the people who are contributing to that process, and for the connections that are built in that contribution. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jay, for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, we'll see you next time for another episode of From Borderline to Beautiful. Okay, thanks for listening. That was From Borderline to Beautiful, a production of Skeeter's Strength Mindset Coaching Systems. We help frustrated individuals, resentful couples, and disconnected families navigate through tough times. Visit us on the web at skeetersstrength.com. If you like this show, remember, you can hear it on Anchor or Apple Podcasts or Pocket Cast or any app you use to listen to podcasts. Subscribe to get a new episode every Monday. If you want to get in touch, you can leave me a voice message. Some of you had some comments and questions from last episode, so let's hear them. I'd love to hear whatever questions you have too. Just download that Anchor mobile app, search for From Borderline to Beautiful, and tap the message button to send me a voice message. So, if you like this podcast, not only can you download that Anchor app, but you can help us get this message out to so many more people. Head over to Apple and offer us that five-star rating and let me know what you're thinking about some of our material. The more stars and higher rating we get, the more people will have access to From Borderline to Beautiful, hope and help for individuals with BPD.